Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond Battle Creek. I am Jeff Henry, uh, Midtown Campus Pastor, and I'm joined with my friend. Keith Walker. Good to see you guys. Glad, glad we're here. Yeah. Keith, for first-time pod listeners, tell us where you serve and kind of... Kind yeah, of I'm, I'm blessed to be at the South Tulsa campus, 91st and Memorial here in in Tulsa. So uh, it's really cool. We're about nine miles from the Broken Arrow campus and 10 miles from Jinx and 10 miles from Midtown. And and so no matter what campus you go to, you can get to the South Tulsa campus really quick. That's so, right. That's right. Yes. Hey, this is our third podcast each. Yes. It's like happy third anniversary. Yes. Is they, that a, they've invited me back. I'm if, shocked. If that's a thing. Well, I just want to say publicly, like you crushed it and I don't know how I can follow your last podcast guest that you had, which was pastor. Uh, it was really good pod. Yeah. Yes. We had, we, it was really, you know, it was good just to sit down and just have a conversation together and it's been a big blessing in my life for, you know, 15 years just to have those kind of times sure. with him periodically, Yeah, you know, and it's, I think it's always refreshing. I felt like when I heard that podcast, like his heart opened up and you could hear him and some of those things trickled into his messages, like over the next couple of weeks, which is kind of yeah. cool. It's like, it reminded me of something I don't think that people always see on Sundays is that a lot of his messages are overflows of his heart and what God is doing in his conversations and thoughts he's been having for a long time. And he just gets them out there uh, on Sundays. So, well, you know, people uh, hear me say over and over again, you know, about, you know, when I first started coming here, how he influenced me into just making the word of God such a big part of my life. And it, it's because that's him. Like sure. that's who he is. I mean, he is in the word and it just, it becomes a part of, if you get to be in different conversations with him, maybe throughout one day or two days, you kind of hear the same things come up over and over again, and it all comes back to the time that he spent in the Word. That's awesome. Um, so, Well, I'm no Pastor Alex, but I'm glad to be with you today, man. Yeah, it's so good, good to, to see, see you. you. I'm yeah. glad we're together again. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so we were, we were just having this discussion <laughs> we offline. Were. I wish we would have started it when the pod started. We were talking about... We were talking about school lunch growing up, and... It started with, you've got your name actually on your, on your coffee mug here that's in front of us. And I was kind of starting to make fun of you, but, and then I asked you if, if your mom used a Sharpie inside your lunchbox and you're like, no, on the outside. And then you start telling the story about lunch growing up for you. Yeah. And just, I mean, so, you know, first off, wrapping the, the Battle Creek, uh, yes. you can catch this in the store. Really good coffee mug, by the way. Very good. Uh, my name's on it because I leave it places. Like I'm having a conversation or I drink coffee sometimes all day, especially in the winter. Like I just sip on it all day. Um, anyway, I leave it, but I don't, I hate losing cups. So if my name's on it, it's probably going to come but back But that all started, your mom wrote your name my on My mom did it because I was, this has been, I mean, this has happened since I was a kid. And so I would leave things. And so whenever I would take my lunch to school, I would leave a lunchbox and I didn't remember where I left it because I'm just, you know, maybe it's intelligence. Maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's forgetfulness. It's, did you make you your know, own lunch? Oh, never made my own lunch, by the way. I'm probably in the small percentage of people where from middle school until, the, until I graduated high school, my mom made my lunch every single day. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. Mom, thank you. What a blessing. And and the Lord reigned favor in my mom's <laughs> by serving me. And it was it was it was great. And it also it rotated. I didn't share this with you. This is inside into who I am. It was the same lunch of one of two versions. Okay. Ham sandwich, turkey sandwich. I always okay. put like a couple of those little Snickers in there, the little sure. the mini ones. Yeah. Two of them, because that's yeah. like closer to a full bar. And then those little the the mints, like the ones we have at our campuses, the little circle white yeah, ones. So absolutely. Went to greens. Uh Mama love you. You probably, if you ever listen to this, just know that I'm You're really, very fortunate. Yeah. And it was awesome. So every, I mean, every, every day I took my lunch, but my name, it moved from a lunchbox to a paper bag with my name on the outside. So, mm. but you, you said you weren't necessarily uh, a, a taker. Just kind of off and on. We're, we're more, I was by my lunch at school kind of 
thing usually, but I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Just depend. Oh, also, look, can we just talk about the square pizza day at, at school? Those are the yeah. exceptions for me when I didn't take. Yeah, we didn't lunch. have square pizza when I was a kid. That was, that came later, I guess. Is that when they cooked food over open fire in the one room schoolhouse? Yeah. Is that? That's just like, y'all talk, <laughs> y'all get excited about brick oven pizza. I just call that growing up. You know, it's just like, that's <laughs> good. It's just life, man. That's awesome. So, man. what do you want to talk about today? Man, today, uh, I really want to talk about. I want to talk about some things specifically in your life that have grown your faith, that have helped you mature, that have become closer to Jesus. And it's kind of around this topic, uh, maybe of this question that I, that I get asked a lot and that I I try to help counsel people in as a pastor is this, how do you respond to God when your body is failing you? Yeah. So maybe physical ailments, maybe, um, just things that, that happen inside and, and you go through a really hard time. And, and this is a huge part of your story, um, that I've learned a little bit over time. And, and I just want to kind of take a deep dive because I think it's an experience that God can use in you to help shape somebody today who's walking through that, or that is walking alongside somebody in that. And so, um, and I know you, I know you've had a battle with cancer and, uh, would mm-hmm. you just kind of enter into this, uh, this conversation by just kind of sharing how that started and we can kind of walk yeah. through it. Yeah. Uh, it's when you started to say that about your body breaking down, you kind of looked me over. So I was like, Oh man, he's like looking at me right now. I mean, we jokingly talk about how much older you <laughs> yes, are than, but, than me, but you know, we're, yeah. you're not that old. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I've, I've been very blessed. You know, I look back on life and I'm like, man, I've lived a relatively healthy life, you know? And even when I did have cancer, I wasn't, um, sick mm-hmm. per se. It was more pain and suffering. You know, I try to be careful with the word suffering, you know, cause compared to what a lot of folks have to walk through in life, but you know, yeah, cancer is part of my story. And it, it hit me at a time in life where you just really don't expect to get sick. Uh, I was 40 right at, right at 40 mm. and, uh, in a career, doing really well and my children are were two of them were still at home teenagers one had just moved out of the house uh jennifer and i were right around you know 20 something years of marriage at that point you know and so um you know you're it's just that's not something you think about and uh, you know people ask me they'll ask me the question sometimes they'll say well how did you know you're sick or what happened or what kind of led into all of that, you know, and what was it that you were, why'd you go to the doctor? And it's, it, I got it. I had a cough, like just this cough that would not uh, go away. And, um, and right after Christmas and it just had lasted all through the holidays and, um, and we're going to see my doctor and she, she's like, Hey, I think we can get you through that. And she goes, well, let me do a chest X-ray. Some people get pneumonia right now. Let's just make sure. And she did a chest X-ray and it was cloudy. And God bless her, Audra. Um, she just was like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to take the next step. I just want to make sure. And she sent me for a uh, CAT scan the next day, just because just she wanted to be sure. And uh, did a CAT scan. And they called me back that day. Hey, your lungs look great, but you have uh, a blockage inside of your trachea, you know, which, what we all call our windpipe. And mm-hmm. the reason I was coughing all the time was this thing was just in there. When I would breathe in and breathe out, it would just create movement and it made me cough. And it was driving everybody crazy, uh, including including me. And so we, we need you to go see a pulmonologist, see what that is. And so I go to see a pulmonologist the next day 
And, you know, I had to do this crazy breathing test, you know, where you exhale as hard as you can and called a pulmonary function test. And he walks in and he's like, it's literally the worst one I've ever seen. Uh, you're breathing through a straw right now, basically. Wow. And uh, it's like, okay, well, can we fix it? And he's like, yeah. And, you know, in moments like that, you... People are like, hey, did you feel like you had cancer right then? I was like, I, I don't know. I didn't really, I don't really think, didn't think about it. But he was like real quick to say to me, don't worry, it's not cancer. I probably hadn't thought about it until that moment, to be honest with you. Sure. They actually thought I had a wart growing inside of my, when, that sounds disgusting, but it's terrible. He's like, it's probably it. He goes, and you know, it's, it's just not cancer. That never happens. He says, but we do have to take it out or you're going to suffocate. And I was like, okay. And when we're going to do it, you know, I'm thinking we're going to plan this out, you know, and I, listen, I've been working out during all this time. I'm on a treadmill. I'm getting a little slower. I feel like, you know, I'm just getting a little older, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, we got to do it tomorrow. And I'm like, wow. Okay. And he's like, I got to have some special doctors with me. It gets a little tricky and all this kind of stuff, you know? And so, um, you know, long story short, next day, the tumor had gotten so big, it actually ruptured before I ever got to the hospital. And Jennifer, my wife had to rush me over to St. Francis here in Tulsa. And uh, it was supposed to be a super simple procedure. Let me just tell you, when, when you, if you really wanna get in really, really quick at the, at the emergency room, just walk in and tell them you have a tumor and it just ruptured and you're choking to death. You know, kind of, they take you right back. Wow. It's like, they take you right back. And throughout that morning, you know, people from the church were coming to see me, you know, even Al, you know, Alex came to see me and pray with me. And ultimately the doctor, you know, it puts me under and it was supposed to be real simple, but it wasn't it took hours. And I woke up and I was on a ventilator and which is, that's freaky. Sure. You know, your, your hands are strapped in and you know, you, you can't figure out why you can't talk and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and so eventually they take it out that evening and, and, uh, he comes back the next day. Well, he had told us, he said, listen, I won't know anything for a week or two takes a while to get the results back. Don't stress. It's all good. He walked in the very next morning early and he said, Hey, I just want you to know your lab results came back and, uh, it's malignant. Like he didn't take a breath. He just, he just, I guess maybe they're talking, just get it out. And you know, here I am, this 40 year old guy standing next to my wife. Um, they'd actually stuck me in one of the critical care units that night, but, uh, and you hear the word cancer, you know, or malignant. He wouldn't say the word cancer actually. Sure. He said malignant. And, you know, they talk about your whole life running through your mind and all that kind of stuff. I think I kind of experienced that yeah. that day. And um, it was, you know, it's kind of a whirlwind right then. I got, But actually, it's funny. I, I, I got out of the hospital uh, that day. I feel better immediately because I don't have a baseball in my sure. – it wasn't that big. But just to kind of give perspective in my, th in my trachea. But I get out that day. We actually go to a, a wedding that night and this is the one where it got crazy from we went to a wedding that night it was jennifer and i and my daughter jessica she was i don't know seventh or eighth grade at the time and jennifer and i are sitting on the aisle and uh the the, the music starts and we all stand up and i look back and there's the bride who's blonde blue eyes uh, on the arm of her father and i look back a little bit further and i saw my daughter mm. and I began to cry and I began to pray, God, please let me walk my daughter down the aisle 
uh, someday. Let me, I will do whatever it takes. I will give whatever I have to, I will do whatever I have to do. You know, give me that honor and that, that moment someday. And you know, it's kind of got crazy, even crazier from there, you know, but I think that's when it really struck me that day. And in that moment, and then you start thinking about what about my wife? What about my kids? What about my career? You know, all of that. What about, and you know, we were very fortunate. We had a great church family around us. Uh, um, that Sunday, I'll never forget, you know, Alex, that Sunday, we we're still in the old worship center and, uh, at 9am Alex comes up to me and says, man, I want, can we pray for you? And I was like, absolutely. And he brought me up on stage and I don't know how many people came up there. It felt like the whole room, right. you know, surrounded me and laid hands on me and prayed over me and, and just cried out to God for healing, you know, and then we did it again at 11, you know, one thing I learned back then was if somebody wants to pray for you, say yes, let them, you yeah. know, it's like, I need all the help I can, I can get, you sure. know? And so. That hey, so walk it. through, like, I would love just to kind of just for a second process the emotions that happen whenever you hear those words, it is malignant. Like, like, I think there's a, there's a human side of us. Like, let's just like humanize like the response to this, because it's not like we have to immediately like break into church mode and, and be, be something that we're not right? right. We don't have to be fake and go, Oh God is good. Like there's some raw that, that some raw emotions, there's some realness, there's some authenticity that happens in that time where we hear something that's not part of the plan that we thought God had scripted for us. Like, could you kind of walk us through how you felt? And how you respond in that sure. moment, raw and and maybe even some, towards God, like. Um. So I would say, well, first of all, you got to kind of know my personality. I, I'm competitive. I'm a. I tend to be a fighter, you know, and I like challenges. But I will say, the first time I heard, the first moment he said it, I mean, and I I don't know that I ever had this thought again later, but I thought, oh, I could die. You know, or maybe I thought I'm going to die. Maybe even he was pretty quick to point out, Hey, we can, we can fix this. And this is how, uh, I had a super rare cancer, like one in 20 million, uh, kind of thing. Um, but the first thing like I could die and I begin to envision loss, you know? And so, you know, he, I was a little, I was overwhelmed, you know, now I will say pretty quick, What happened inside of me was, okay, what do we got to do to win this battle? You know, what do I have to do in order to survive? What do I have to do in order to be able to take care of my family and to be able to walk down that aisle? And, and God was so good. Just, I mean, I mean, the company that I worked for, they just, man, they loved my family. They took care of us. They made sure I got the best medical care I could possibly get. Like I said, again, our church, but, you know, internally, I, you know, scared. I don't know that I ever if fear ever really came in to play all that much, um, it was just, there's a lot of unknown, right? I, some folks wrestle, you know, why did God, why did you do this to me? Or why did you allow this to happen to me? I, I was thinking this morning, you know, I don't really remember that thought. It, it quickly turned to, okay, what do we do with this? Sure. And what do we do? um, about that. And so, you know, but I mean, I was, I was a husband and I think I've always said this, it was always, it was harder for my wife and my children than it was for me. Sure. Um, they had to watch it, you know, they had to live through it. Uh, my children had to see their dad, 
you know, not be able to do the, they saw me that I could die. You know, when they were teenagers and I was only 40, they, they saw their dad, you know, who they thought was strong and invincible. Um, like my dad could die, you know, my daughter and I were just kind of talking about this the other night. Um, and she's in her you know twenties now, late twenties, almost 30, sweetheart. Um, and, um, it's just, I think it was harder for them than yeah. it was for me. But I will tell you this, um, it drove me to God in a way that I, uh, hadn't probably up to that time. Um, uh, I, all I knew to do was consume as much of him as I possibly could. Sure. And yeah, there was the doctor. Yeah, there was the treatment. Yeah, there was going to be a surgery. Yeah, there was going to be radiation and there was going to be rehab. And, you know, the, the surgery they did to me is just it's crazy. You know what they what they what they physically did to my body is nuts, you know, and I'm part of one of my ribs is missing now. And, you know, I have this huge giant scar from where they went through the side and my back and they went in, I'm on a ventilator for, you know, most of a day and they cut out, you know, 30, 40% of my trachea and sewed it back together. And, you know, there's, it's just nuts what all they did to my, to my body, stitched my chin to my chest. So I couldn't pop the suit later on, all this kind of stuff, you know, I just, but honestly, the only way I knew to get through it was just to consume as much of God as I possibly could. Sure. And I did that in different ways. You know, some of it was reading scripture. Um, and every time I found, a, I, I just got this idea early on. Every time I found a scripture that I thought applied to my situation, I wrote it down. I, I got my journal here that I found this morning, you know, and I, and I wrote on there God's promises to me. And every day, and I was going through my one-year Bible at the time. Every day, I mean, every time I read a scripture that was me, I just, I wrote it in my journal. And then every single morning, I went back and I reread every one of those scriptures. And every day got added to, and so it got pretty long, multiple pages. And I would literally put my name into those scriptures. Right. And just remind myself of God's promises. I was very intentional about what I listened to, uh, what kind of music. Uh, you know, this is back when you had iPods. Yeah. And my family, Jennifer's family, my family, and they, they actually all pitched in and bought me a, an iPod to take with me, you know, to Houston and stuff for my treatment. And I just loaded it up with music. I had a playlist. I had a, uh, when I got, finally got to radiation treatment, I actually had a radiation day playlist. And so I, the, I listened to the same six, seven songs sitting in the waiting room and they were all about God was going to take care of me and this sure. has a purpose. And I just, I just chose to fill myself up with him. I, I wish I was as diligent today sure. at that as I was, as I was back then. Uh, you know, you go for your annual physical now, at least I do. And, uh, you know, if your cholesterol is high, your blood pressure is up, you know, they always ask you the same question. Hey, tell me what you've been eating. Like, what's your diet look like? Right. Because what we consume has such an impact on our life sure. and what we consume uh, with our eyes and what we consume with our ears and what goes into our mind and what goes into our heart. It has such an impact on our spirit and it can give us fear and anxiety or it can give us courage and strength. Sure. And, um, you know, if you would have seen me during that time, you probably would have never known that I was sick. I sat in a lot of waiting rooms with people that were really sick. Sure. And they would say, who are you here with? 
you know, thinking that I was there with somebody else who was sick. Um, there was a young man, you know, that had radiation every day before me and uh, he's tw- early 20s. He had just graduated from college. His entire sinuses uh, from ear to ear and all across his face and behind his eyes were full of cancer. And so he was having chemo every week and uh, and radiation every day. And he'd go right in front of me and he would come out and his mom was was there with him every day, you know, and when he would go by, I'd smile at him. You know, I tried to smile. That was another thing I did. I tried to smile at everybody back then. And, um, and, and so he would come out, I'd smile at him, you know, and he'd go on and he was so sick. And one day he went back for radiation and, and, uh, his mom came over and sat next to me and she was like, my son just, uh, he wanted me to ask you a question. And I said, okay, what, what's that? And she goes, he, he wants to know why you're so happy. He, he doesn't understand how you can be sick and you right. can still be so happy. Uh, you know, here 15 years later, you know, or 13 years later, whatever it is. Only thing I, the only answer I have to that is just what was in me, Hmm. you know, and you know, you have that whole conversation greater is he who's in me than he's in the world. Well, you know, for me, it's like, he was greater than the cancer, right? You know, he was greater than the potential of everything, the, the hurt and the pain, the suffering, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and there was all these great moments. I could, man, I could talk all day about, about this. Were there moments of doubt and, and, and wrestling that you had? And, and if so, how did you, how did you work through those? Yeah. I'll tell you the the times when I struggled the most were when I was physically weak hmm. and somebody else had to do things for me. Uh, even something as simple as mowing the yard, you know, or, uh, picking something up for me. Right. Uh, I mean, when we got back home, you know, I, I thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go, you know, they said you can't go for too long of a walk, you know, and I'd done these walks in the hospital, you know? So when I got back home, you know, I, I decided I was going to go for a walk around the neighborhood just to prove them wrong. And I got like a block, you know, and I thought I was going to have to you know, get on my Blackberry at the time. And cause Jennifer made me take my phone with me to call her to come get me. Sure. You know? And so, when I was physically weak, that was when, and I'll, but I, here's what's great. It taught me that there are times in life you need other people and you're not as strong as you think you are, mm. you know, and that can be true physically and that can be true emotionally and that can be true spiritually. And, you know, we, we use that phrase around here all the time. Life is better together. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's true. It's not a phrase. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a like, great way to articulate what we believe. Whenever you go through something like that, you realize that it's not just a phrase and it's not just a value. It is the way that God has intricately designed relationship Absolutely. for us. I'm curious if you would have um, any responses to maybe how you thought, how your view of God changed and maybe how your view of your body has changed, right? Like there's a part where like, I remember as a kid feeling invincible. I mean, like the daredevil in me would come out until something happened. I realized I can't take the bike off the ramp. Like I thought I could, or as an adult, I can't do, there's limitations. What, what changed about how you view about God and how you view about your body? My body, let's start with that one first. It's funny going through it on the front side, the surgery and the radiation, you know, that was one thing, but really, I'll be honest with you. It's after, 
It's those three month checkups and those, and for the people that are listening right now and they've been through this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. When you, when you have to get back in the cat, cat scan machine for the very first time for a follow-up, because you know, because of what you've experienced, it can be positive. Like cancer can show up again. Sure. So every time you get in the machine, you're reminded, oh, I could be sick. Mm. Or every time you get an ache or a pain, you know, uh, a bruise shows up, you know, and you don't know why, or you're feeling something in a certain spot, you know, you know, the crazy thing that most of us do when we get sick is we get on the internet and we Google it. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's the, I mean, doctors will tell you all the time, stay off the internet, stay off the internet. And I'm like, yeah. I want information. Yeah. Don't tell me what that. What did Dr. Google st- yeah, tell you today? Exactly. Yeah. And you, and what happens is you get on there and you read all the worst stuff. Well, that stuff gets in your mind too. Right. And you start thinking about the word and well, reoccurrent, when could reoccurrent? Well, like for me, it was like what they knew at the time was, you know, at eight years, they felt like, you know, those are the most likely to have recurrence. I'll tell you, when I got to the eight year mark, that was a tough year for me. Sure. Because, you know, it's like, oh man, this could be the year, you right. know? And so the more like checkups, uh, aches and pains after the fact, you know, it's just, once you go through something like that, you know, you can get sick and you know that you could be sick again at some point. And so you, you probably feel a lot more vulnerable in regard to my view of God, man, that is a great question. That's really, it's a, that's a deep, deep question. I, I think I was just reminded over and over again that he cares for me, mm-hmm. that he's always with me. Uh, when I get introduced to somebody or I find out about somebody who's walking through a difficult time, usually around cancer or something like that. You know, I'll send him a text or a letter. I'll share a picture out of my, uh, out of my journal of my scriptures that God gave me, you know, and I always sign it with Psalm 16, eight, you know, and that was like the scripture that God gave me when I was walking. And it's just this reminder that God's with us always. Like he's literally always with us. And we are, you know, alone. We might be alone from other humans, but as Christians, we're never alone. He's always with us. And I had a lot of moments where I was physically by myself during that time. Sure. But uh, the one thing that God showed me over and over again is he was there with me. Uh, You know, laying in a radiation machine. You know, you guys, most people probably think, oh, there's this laser beam that comes out, you know, and it's it's burning your skin, all this kind of stuff. You know, it's like getting an X-ray and it just comes from different angles. At least for me, it did. It had five different angles and the whole thing took about seven minutes, you know, and there was five different ones. And well, after a while, you know exactly how long each one's going to take, you know, and I just remember I would get inside that radiation machine every day, you know, and lay there and it would do its thing. And well, your mind wanders, you know, you're thinking about something. And I would just, I was constantly reminded, you know, God's here with me. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of intimidating to go into a room with this nurse or a professional, whatever it might've been that day. And, um, you know, they put you in the machine, they get you all settled in and then they leave the room and you're literally in a vault. Like the door is like 12 inches thick and you hear it shut. Kaboom, you know, and they go to another room and they're talking to you on intercom system, you know, and you're like, oh, this stuff's kind of dangerous. You know, you got to be in another room while all this is happening. But when all of that was coming at me and going through me, the thing that I always, God was there with me, Mm. you know, and I I never was uh, alone, Uh, you know, when it hurt the most, you know, and when you, 
when you're vulnerable, you just yeah. get reminded God's there with me and he lifts you up. I, can I share one story? Yeah, absolutely. And you're, I got to share this years ago. At, uh, I got invited by Dan Sullivan. He used to be a representative here in our state to go be a chaplain for the day at the state house. And, uh, he said, Hey man, would you just share your story? You got this many minutes, just give a devotion. And so I looked around the room that day and I just saw all these people in that room. They're serving, they're away from their families. You know, they looked tired. It was the end of the week. And it reminded me of these two people, Natalie and Jericho. And so I, I'm at the hospital. I'm at, it's, this is like maybe two days after a day after my surgery, they, they're going to move me from the critical care unit to my room. And I get to my room and get so, and mind you, my chin is stitched to my chest. I got hoses everywhere, you know, and pain coming in and out, pain medicine and antibody, all, I mean, just everywhere in my neck and my wrist, arm, everywhere. And, uh, and we get settled in and I just literally get into this bed. And for me to get comfortable was almost impossible. And Jericho and Natalie walk in, they go, Hey, we got to go for a walk. Now, mind you, at this point, I haven't done anything without somebody physically. I mean, I just, I'm like, I can't, I can't walk. I'm like, no, you got to get up and go for a walk, Mr. Walker, you know, and just kind of look, I'm like, that's not funny. And, uh, <laughs> well played, and actually. I said, well, it's I can't even job. get out of the bed. And they said, well, we're going to help you. And I said, okay. And so they, they pulled me over to the side of the bed, put my feet. I mean, literally had to move my feet down onto the floor and they just, they'd use the bed to kind of straighten me up, you know, and get me up and, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking now, what, what do I do? I can't get up. And each of them, and it wasn't their first time to do this, obviously, but each of them got under each one of my arms. And at the same time together, they put their other arm around me, had their arms around my, I had my arm around their, their backs. And they literally lifted me up off of that bed and all of my weight was leaning on them and they were supporting me completely. And, uh, and then they said, okay, you got to take your first step. And I was scared to death and like, you can do it, you know, and we're right here with you. We're not going to let you go. And I took a step, you know, and then they're like, Hey, let's go to the door. Well, they never told me on the front side, I was going to have to walk all the way from the bed to the door. They just said I had to take a step. Right. Well, then I took a step and they're like, well, let's go to the door. And so we got to the door. Well, then they, you know, they kind of tricked me because like, Hey, well, let's go out in the hall. Let's, let's walk, you know? And I'm like, I can't leave the room. They're like, no, we're right here with you. You, you just we're going to hold you up. And they did that, that first trip, they literally walked me around the whole thing. They supported me completely. I had this tree of medicine that came with us, you know, and Jennifer was pushing it. And I just, my mind goes back that, and as I looked at those states, um, representatives that day, I just looked down and said, listen, we all get in situations of life. We just can't get up on our own mm. and we're tired and we're overwhelmed and there's situations of life and circumstances that are going on that are just too much. And what we need a lot of times is just someone else to come alongside of us that can tell us that we can do it, but they won't just tell us. They'll literally allow us to put my arm, our arms around them and they almost, they become the support for us and they help us to take those little steps that we have to take in our life. And there are times in life when you are the person who's being helped. And then there are times in life when you have to be the person who's willing to help stand for mm -hmm. somebody 
and to support them and to share your strength with them. You know, we have to do that with each other, you know, and I, I will never, ever, I I pray whatever sickness ever happens to me again in my life. I pray. I never forget that moment Yeah, because it was such a reminder of how as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to support each other and also what the Lord does for us. Yeah. You know, that we really can, you know, that old song lean on me. Yeah. And, uh, I lived that. Yeah. You know, it was my experience. I think the people that are more prone to help others and be the arms of support are the ones who have received that and understand the impact uh, of that. And maybe for us, I mean, we can keep talking about, I just want to think about the listener here who maybe isn't in the physical ailment challenge, the physical suffering that you were like, what encouragement or what wisdom could you give to those who know somebody is that we can then walk alongside because it's messy like it's hard you're giving something of yourself you're inserting yourself into a maybe an area that is unfamiliar or you're not confident in but like what is some wisdom encouragement we can give to those who are walking or want to walk alongside somebody that they really care about yeah um it's funny most people they don't know what to say Sure. when you're walking through something like that. Uh, some people, even though they don't know what to say, they still try to say stuff anyway. And it, it usually is maybe not always the best. Dumb, let's be it honest. Could be. You can yeah. say some terrible yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, here's something not to say. Unless you really know what they're going through, don't say, man, I know what you're going through. You know, uh, or I feel your pain. You know, it's like, no, you don't, (laughs) you don't, Sure. but if you do, you got to be willing to come alongside people that, that you do know their pain. I'm going to tell you when somebody I know who has cancer, I'm, I I talk to them Yeah. and listen, I got a voice with them because I, you know, I I may not know their cancer, you know, we got a mutual friend, Chris and Julie Hislip, you know, and we walked through Julie's cancer story together, you know, years ago, um, you know, when Julie and I get in a conversation, I didn't have brain cancer, but I had cancer and all that, you know, it's kind of like, we, we kind of know what each other's going through, but you know, just tell people you love them. Mm -hmm. Tell people that you're praying for them. Um, and really pray for them. Yes. Really pray for them. Uh, we had people that wanted to know, they wanted to find out what physical needs we actually had. Hmm. Uh, and sometimes I will tell you, it's, it's hard to accept people's physical help sometimes it's hard to you know like when i went through i'll give you an example when, when we went when i went through radiation i would i was going to be gone for like a month for 25 different treatments and which meant i had a place to live down there thankfully i had an aunt and uncle that took great care of me but uh, i wasn't maybe going to be able to get to see my family you know during that time my kids and stuff and jennifer and and so uh the company i worked for you know they were like hey we want to help you be able to do that Um, but I had a person in my community group and she just walked up to me one day and she said, I want to make sure that you get to spend every weekend with your children and with your wife. Mm. And she literally walks up and she paid for airfare for X number of trips for me to come home. And so I would leave there on Friday and fly home on Southwest and fly into Tulsa and Jennifer would pick me up. I'd leave my truck at the airport there and on Sunday night, I would go back, you know, and start my week all over again. But that was some, you know, and and so she just, she found out a physical need that we had and she wanted to 
to meet it, you know? Um, but you know, I think a note of encouragement is just, it's just these simple things, just to be honest with you, right? Simple things that you can do, uh, you know, now text message, you know, I got a friend, Bobby, who I talked about a while back, you know, and, uh, gone through cancer treatment and stuff, you know, and I just, uh, periodically just when I thought about him, I prayed for him and I would shoot him a text. Hey man, I love you. I'm praying for you. Uh, that's meaningful. I mean, that is meaningful and it, and it's special. So I, 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 yeah. hope I, I don't know if I answered your question completely, no, that's, but that's great. I'm just thinking about people that I know at our campus and across our campuses that are really in a hard physical situation. Yeah. And maybe people want to help out, but they just don't know how to take the, the next step. And I think we sometimes don't, take the next step because we're fearful of what message it may send. Well, and or I'll we tell you, let me encourage everybody. If, if there is something inside of you that says, I'm supposed to do something for this person, do figure out, do something. Don't neglect that prompt. And I would say, don't neglect that prompting of the Holy spirit of God. Yeah. I don't think Satan is encouraging you to go help take care of another brother or sister or another person. Like, uh, it's, if God puts that inside of you, to encourage, to support, figure out a way to do it. You know, yeah. it sometimes just comes on to how. Yeah. How it's interesting. It. And we were recently a few months ago in a situation where it was going to be physically harder for me to take care of my kids kind of by myself. Yeah, and uh, my wife that. was kind of out of commission. And so, uh, our community group said, well, let's just a lady who she stepped forward and said, Hey, well, I think we'll just provide you some meals. And I said, I think I got it. Like, I'm, I'm like a super dad. Like I, this is my chance to shine as a pro dad. I'm going to show yeah. the world that I got this right. Very, it's a very skewed, uh, pers- per, uh, perspective of that. And so she called me back the next day and she said, Hey, I remember what I heard what you said, but I don't think that's best for you. We're going to bring you meals. Mm. And looking back, it would have been a terrible move for me to not to accept that blessing one. Cause it was what I needed, but my pride got in the way. And once I received that, it was their one of the easiest ways for them to serve. And it was so, yeah. so good just to just to send a meal or a DoorDash gift card or a, a note or whatever it was. It was amazing. And so just know that if God God laid that on her heart to be obedient and she circled back and said, No, I think this is what God wants us to do. And I said, Okay, I'm not gonna you're a mom of three who are all out of the out of the house. They're in college and adults, you understand the situation. And so that was really good. I was thinking about a story. For me, when I was a youth pastor at a church I served at, there was a man named Gordon, and Gordon was in his late 60s, early 70s, and Gordon had gone through a couple rounds of cancer where he had he thought he beat it, wow. but it came back and it just erupted inside his body, and he was dying, and he finally made the decision to say, listen, I'm just going to live the rest of my life, however God, however many days God has for me, in the best way possible. I'm going to live it to the glory. So he walked every single day mm. he, um, with this joy about him that, God, whatever years you gave me, left. I'm going to do it. And so for a couple of years he did, but he was in his last several months of his life. And, uh, we kind of got to know each other in our church. And I said, Gordon, I feel like you have the best gift to offer these students, which is perspective and experience and wisdom. Could you come share about your experience? And he said, I would love to. And so we had an interview with a dying man, which is kind of a morbid thought to share with students, right? Like this idea that you're talking to somebody who's literally dying. Like we're all dying, obviously, since the day we were born, but he has a finite number of days left. It's very near. One of the things that Gordon shared with me, he said, every time I think about the pain that is in my body, I'm reminded that I, that God is, is drawing me closer to him 
physically every single day. He said that God is, uh, my days are, are numbered. And so uh, the joy that is before me in heaven is closer than it ever has been. Mm. And he brought up a verse and it's, gosh, this has been 13 years ago, 2007. And he brought up a verse that I just, I want to remind us all today. Uh, Psalm 73 he said, it says, my flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm. And he said, every day I'm reminded of the fragility of my life, the fragility of my body, the susceptibility for for it to to be um, so, you know, I don't know, so fragile. But he said, God will never fail me. My heart may fail. This cancer may fill my body. But he said, God is the strength of my heart and my portion. And I've preached on that later. And that word portion there really means like my inheritance, like what God is giving me. He said, so it's closer and now more than ever, like God is about to give me the, the promise of heaven. And he used that as a, as a testimony of that. And we're all closer to heaven at this moment than we were the last moment. Yeah. And so are you, are you ready? Number yeah. one. And are you living your life in such a way to help others be ready? And uh, just think about that. That was an encouragement for him. Absolutely. An encouragement for me. As I think about you, I'm, I'm looking across the table and I'm seeing your journal full of scripture. This could be a whole podcast of scripture about encouragement. Um, what, what, is, what is some scriptural encouragement we could give to somebody today that they could take and apply to their own life or pass on to someone else? Uh, you know, um, Matthew 28, I'm with you always. Hmm. Um, you know, Psalm six, that, and that, listen, that, there's a theme that was in a lot of the scriptures for me, and it had to do with God's presence uh, being with me, uh, because there are times of loneliness that you go through. Uh, Psalm 32, I will guide you always down the best pathway for your life. Listen, when you're laying in a radiation machine or a CAT scan machine, or you're in a critical care unit, or you're hooked up to an IV, or you get some diagnosis, you know, it's hard to go, oh, this is the best pathway for my life. And God, you're guiding me here. You, this is your example of being the shepherd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he's going to walk through it with us. Um, you know, I have some good friends and they have loved ones that are at the end of days right now. Walking through some of them. I mean, this is the end is near. And my heart goes out to them, you know, and it's like, well, why does this linger? Why does this keep going on? You know, and I listened to a, a preacher the other day preach and he just said, listen, God has a purpose for every one of our lives. N not, I mean, literally every minute, every minute of our life, God has a purpose and he, he, he still has a plan for us. Right. And you're like, oh my gosh, how, how? but he does, you know, and you're still usable. Uh, you're still usable. Um, man, happy are those who obey the Lord. Mm. You know, um, Psalm 121 was another, my help. That was the very first one I wrote. Uh, uh, my help will come from the Lord. Yeah, that's good. And that was after meeting with my company. That was after meeting with the best surgeon in the world. That was after meeting um, with all insurance companies. and all, God just, David said, my help will come from the Lord. Yeah. And he's the one put all that together. So, I mean, that would be one. I think another encouragement I would just give to other people is, is just allow these moments to grow gratefulness inside of you. Yeah. You know, you good. talk about it's good. Your wife's never going to forget how you took care of your family, hmm. you know, during that time and how you stepped up. Uh, you don't you just don't forget, you know, like I think back to our community group when I walk through all that, you know, and just those moments with them. 
uh, Dave, who was my community group leader back there, walked up to me on Sunday here at, at the Broken Arrow campus and prayed over me. He did that for me 13 years ago, too, you know, and you got to be willing to uh, express. I'm, I'm a much more grateful person today than I was before. Mm. It's much easier for me to say thank you and express gratefulness. Uh, there are certain days of the year that I actually either write notes or send text messages uh, to certain people because of the impact they had on my life back then. And I just try to remember to say, Hey, thank you. I'm, I think I'm alive today because of what, yeah. because of what you did. Uh, I'd be remiss not to just how, how much, how grateful I am for my wife mm. and what she walked through during that time. You know, I was showing you this notebook right here next to me a while ago. These are the notes from that my wife took at the hospital and while I was sick and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and she just loved me. She took care of me. And here's what happens. And maybe this can speak to people who are going through a tough time right now, just to be mindful of those that are taking care of them. Um, I can remember in the hospital being nice to everybody and saying thank you and to the nurses and the people that would come visit, but not Jennifer. Like I kind of just like took her for granted. Sure. And I could just be completely real with her. Like, and if I felt terrible, I could feel terrible. Like, and like, I was, I remember there was this one day in particular, I was just a jerk to her and I was just, and she finally just said, I'm going back to the hotel. I'm like, what do you mean? I like started crying. I'm like, you can't leave me. You know, she was like, no, you're, you know, you're just not being nice. I'm going to go back to the hotel. I'll be back tomorrow. You know, and I started like, I just had cancer surgery. You can't leave me here at the hospital. And she was just like, I'll see you tomorrow, you know? And, uh, but I needed, she needed to do that. Sure. And when she came back the next day, I, I was a whole lot more grateful. And I said, thank you. And please. And, but I mean, through so much, man, I mean, she just, she took care of me and she loved me. She took care of my, our family mm -hmm. during that time. It's you tough. know, she tells me stories now about going into the closet and grabbing one of my shirts, you know, just to, because of the scent that was there, you know, or my pillow on the bed, you know, and crying, you know, and, and the, you know, trying to just protect the kid. She, what she did, man, was I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget it, you know? For sure. And I just love her. I just so grateful for her and just everything that she did for me and continues to do for me, you know, and we do that for each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just part of life and marriage, but gratefulness, you know, and so people who are sick right now, maybe right now, make sure you're grateful and thankful to the people that are taking care of you. For sure. And uh, for those of you who do take care of us, thank you for all that you do. It, it's so meaningful yeah. and very special. You know, I've never walked through a personal ailment like mm. that, you know, um, such a challenging thing. But one, I've had a friend uh, who was going through a really hard time and I didn't know how to encourage him in it. It's a situation I'd never been in. And so I had our whole church staff email me verses of encouragement. And, uh, and the pro tip that I just am thankful the Lord dropped is, uh, I took all those verses and compiled them and put them in a note on my iPhone, just called That's verses great. for and comfort and encouragement. And so, I mean, I've got like 20 or 30 That's verses awesome. that I can always drop and copy and paste into somebody's text or That's awesome. write, write it down. And the one for me that I just, I had never read, it was in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, 46 4 it says even to your old age and gray hairs which i'm getting more of every single day old age and a lot more gray hairs he, he says i am he i am he who will sustain you i have made you and i will carry you i will sustain you and i will rescue you so look at the bottom of this page in my journal right here look at that 
Isaiah 46. Three and four. Three and four. It's a great verse. Even to your hairs are gray. Like, I will not give up on you. I will sustain you. I will uphold you. And I just think about that for me as a verse I share with a lot of people. And so if you're listening out there, you're watching this, like think about like what are some verses you could just have on hand? Um, because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes I have to prompt my heart a little bit to be like, what do you really feel? And um, yeah. this is a good way to keep this in front of me. Um, what are some practical things for you? Uh, you mentioned some scripture that's been encouragement to you. Like what? how do you help others now in this situation? And maybe even I could ask, have you been able to use this story? To help someone else in their situation. Yeah, usually, usually that story helps people that are walking through it. You know, yeah. uh, that those are the people that God's actually given me an open door to be able to encourage and have a conversation with. Um, you know, it, there were. It's certainly when you walk through something like that, people aren't af- aren't as afraid to come ask you about something. Right. You know, and so it creates conversations and and possible conversations with others. Um, You know, it, it tenderized my heart a little bit. I I was always a much harder person uh, back then before that than I was after. Uh, I I wasn't very sensitive towards other people's physical ailments and situations of life. I became more merciful and more tenderhearted after walking through that, you know, but you know, it, yeah, I mean, the, the, the opportunity I talked about even publicly and, you know, in, in the sermon, you know, it's funny. You, it's easy to go, man, if people don't want to hear this story one more time. And then I'm always reminded of these stories in scripture where Jesus healed these people. Yeah. And I think for their entire life, you know, the, oh, that's that's that was the guy that was blind that Jesus healed. Oh, that was the guy who was paralyzed that Jesus was healed, you know, and they had to be more than willing to be able to share their story. And so that I've had to make sure that I that I don't allow um, the enemy to convince me that people are tired of hearing my story, you know, that 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 is a part of me. It is a part of the fabric of my life and God used it for his honor and for his glory. And it's a part of making me who I am today. And I've got to be willing to share it. Cause you never know what people are walking through. And if you can be vulnerable about something that you walk through in life, the, the other opportunity it's given me is to tell somebody with confidence, you can get through this. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know? Cause I did, you know, uh, now I will also tell you, I've got a, one of my best friends at the time. He got diagnosed with cancer about six months before me. And, um, after I was given the all clear, about a few months later, I went to his funeral hmm. and I felt a tremendous amount of guilt that, um, I lived and he didn't cause I always felt like he was a better man than me. Sure. And, you know, I didn't understand, you know, why me, you know, so does God always, you know, are you going to get over every physical ailment, you know, because this, this, and this, well, everybody gets healed one of two ways. Yep. You know, either happens on this side of heaven or it happens in heaven. And that's, that's kind of the, the kind of the approach I've always taken, you know, and he's more healed than me at this point in time. I just, I'm on this side and I miss him, you know, uh, but it, what I've walked, you can, we can be confident in what God's done in our life and we don't have to be afraid of that. And so I can say to somebody, listen, God can heal you. Right. You know, when I lay hands on somebody and I, maybe I'm allowed to anoint them with oil and to pray over them. Listen, scripture says to pray, believing. Listen, I pray believing. Yeah. 
right? I remember Alex taking that in oil and putting it on my forehead and asking God to do this. I can remember Dave doing that. I can remember so many others. And listen, he did it. And so when I get in one of those circles and I pray over somebody, listen, I, I'm not going, hey, maybe, or hey, if you feel like it. I mean, I'm praying, believing that God's going to do it. And I'm not afraid to ask him anymore. And we can't be afraid to ask our father, Sure, you know, for the things that are going on in our lives. So, you know, you just, uh, those have been opportunities for me in my life. You know, and I never do it. Why, why would I ever be here today doing what I'm doing? I've had not walked through sure. what I'd walk through, uh, in life. And so, you know, uh, Alex has always been good to share scripture in revelation 12. You know, how do we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb, and the word of our testimony? Come on. Well, the word of my testimony is, uh, I've been healed. Come on. That's good. You know, and he can heal you too. So man, Keith, thank you so much for sharing. It's a a really, a a tender part of your story, which is a really challenging part. But I think what has also become a strength of your story, which is how God has brought you out of this. And then he's used you to to help others in that. So, so thank you, man. I really appreciate you offering, offering up that part of your life to us as a gift today. You know, and every day is a new challenge. We got new things we're trying to grow in. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I've been talking about this book. I've been reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, in my life. And, you know, these moments of Sabbath that I need to be taking to spend time intentionally with God and to rest and to and to refresh. And, you know, we just walk these times in our life and uh, we just got to remember, we, we just got to keep coming back to God. You yeah. know, he doesn't move. We tend to move away. Sure. We got to draw back to him. And, uh, you know, I just, even in times like this, you know, how do we take a moment like this and draw closer, uh, to him? And, uh, I love that you've shared the word of God today. Uh, I think it's the most simple, but most profound thing that the word of God, when it gets inside of us, yeah, you know, search me, oh God, know my heart, see if there's any wicked way and do something about it, you know, but when we allow the word of God to penetrate us, yeah. It's, it's powerful. So I appreciate you yeah. spending this time with me today and allowing me to share my story and for us to be able to sure. maybe encourage some other folks. Uh, Listen, today. we don't know what to say. Let's let God say it. Yeah, Let's absolutely. Scripture. So absolutely. Uh, what an encouragement to me. And I hope that when you're, if those of you listening, maybe this will be encouragement for you and something that you could pass on to someone who is, is in the same season. And I hope this has been a blessing. So thanks for being a blessing, Keith. Amen. I love you, man. And you uh, for those of you out there, go be a blessing to someone. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Beyond Battle Creek. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love if you subscribed and shared it with those who you feel like it would be a blessing to. So to keep up with everything that's going on with Battle Creek Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Look forward to seeing you next week.